This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. And this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a crisis of toxicology. We're dealing with a crisis, spiritual crisis. We don't know why we're here or what we're doing here. We're dealing with emotional crises, unbelievable, massive amounts of stress, and then nutritional deficiencies and deficits. We're going to keep evolving this. Take a look. Eventually, our cell DNA becomes disturbed. Very important about this. One of the reasons why we brought Daniel Vitalis here to join us this weekend is to talk to you about water and the importance of water. The cell DNA is defined by the 10 layers of water molecules that surround it. If those water molecules are disturbed, if they've come through pipes, if they've been forced through right angle turns, if they contain D2O or deuterium oxide or heavy radioactive water, that will disturb the DNA of the cell. This is one of the things that people always ask me about. What should I do about my water? Should I get this filter or that filter? And of course, I'm a spring water fanatic. And I recommend that you find your local springs and go there because there you'll find something anomalous where the water has risen up to the top of Palomar Mountain. It's not at the bottom. It's at the top. It's a big mountain. Why is the water coming out at the top of the mountain? It's obviously levitated. And in doing so, has left behind things that are heavy, like bad calcium or chalk and deuterium oxide, heavy hydrogen. The main thing about conventional water supplies in Los Angeles, in New York City, in Chicago, in Toronto, in London, is that they are contaminated with deuterium oxide or heavy water. The Russian research on this has indicated that it's heavy water or radioactive isotopes of hydrogen that are in the water that are causing us to age. And just as a little aside on that, what the Russians have found out is that the only way to get that stuff out of you is to drink lots of fresh spring water, then completely dry fast. Then drink lots of fresh spring water, then dry fast. Then lots of fresh spring water, then dry fast. Alternatively on days. That's a pretty tall order. The best thing we can do is to avoid getting that into us in the beginning as much as possible. Deuterium oxide cannot be filtered out by any water system. Do you know how it is concentrated or filtered? Through nuclear centrifuges. You know when they go into these countries and they say they have these big centrifuges, they're going to make nuclear weapons. Those centrifuges are designed to concentrate deuterium oxide. Just to put that out there, because people are always asking me, what about this water filter? It's like it's not taking out heavy hydrogen or radioactive hydrogen, and that's the thing that can eventually get to us. Spring water up in the source, spring water at, in glass. Now, over the years, I've gotten to the point where I cannot ever even, no way, drink anything out of plastic. No possible chance. People go, what do you mean? It's like, well, yeah, I don't drink plastic. You've had the experience. You open up the water, you drink it, it tastes like? So what do you think's in that water? This is where we're going to go in a second because we're going to find out that plastics or xenoestrogens and hormones are signals to a lot of different phenomenon in our body, as we know. Secondary sexual characteristics, for example, is one of them. Another one of them is cell proliferation. And xenoestrogens cause cancer cells to proliferate wildly as we'll see, and then we'll see what to do about it. Anyway, the DNA has to be hydrated properly, and this may be the fundamental reason why we need the best water ever. You can write that goal down. I drink the best water ever.
How long is it going to take? One second. You can write it down right now. I drink the best water ever. You can't believe what that will manifest in your life. You, can, you cannot believe what it manifested for me over 12 years, what came into my reality because I wrote that down. I do believe very strongly that you set a goal, you get a goal. Goal. God's delays are not God's denials either. Sometimes it takes a little while. Sometimes it takes years and all of a sudden it'll just be there. Here it is. It's like, wait, I set that goal like five years ago. I forgot about that one. Shows up. You got to order on the menu of the universe and tell the universe, hey, God, this is what I want. Otherwise, you go into a restaurant and go, um, I'm not sure what I want. Um, just bring me the dog food. <laughs> Who goes into a restaurant and the waitress comes up and just say, well, I don't know. I don't know what I want. Who does that? <laughs> few of you. There's always a couple. With life, we've got to point out, hey, I want this. The best water ever. We can have it if we want it, if that's our choice. Okay, let's keep looking into this. Hormonal implications in cancer. Age-related cancers, breast cancer, prostate cancer, appear to be hormonally related. And in both men and women, it appears to be estrogen-related. Plastics are xenoestrogen, and in women, elevate your estrogen more than the counterbalancing progesterone. When progesterone, when, when progesterone is non-existent, or when estrogen is unopposed, we can see a 540% increase in breast cancer. Over five times increase. So people with low progesterone, so the estrogens that they're consuming, or the estrogens that they're producing are unopposed, you'll see a five-time increase in cancer. This has now been dialed in all the way to this point. Here's where we are. Estrogen actually isn't just one thing. There's three major kinds of estrogens. Do you know what they are? Estrone. Let's see if we got an image of these. There's progesterone and testosterone. We'll talk about men's health as we go. So there's estrone. So in the synthesis of estrogen, you'll find estrone, you'll find estradiol, and you will find estriol. Estrone, estradiol, and estriol. Dr. Jonathan Wright, I'll show you his picture up here in a minute, found out over his 30 years of research that when estrone is elevated and estradiol is elevated, and estriol is low, that's cancer, breast cancer, 100% of the time. That's a shocking statement that I just said. What, it, what happens is, is that cells that are damaged, cells that are sitting there cloaked, that are anaerobic, get signals from estrogen to start proliferating. A hormone is a signaler. It signals to the cell what to do. In your great community of billions of cells in your body, the signals are delivered by hormones. They're some of the strongest signalers that we've got. When estriol is low, estrone and estradiol are high. We have cancer 100% of the time. In fact, you just look at somebody's saliva and they have that, you know what's going on. That's a shocking statement. Now... What's been found out is there's ways to shut that off and turn it around in a month. We'll get there in a second. <laughs> you got to have something to get through the commercial, right? Okay. Here's some of the breakdown. In men, by the way, testosterone has to oppose the estrogens, the bad estrogens. 
And if testosterone is low, it turns out risk of prostate cancer goes up. This is something that was figured out through 40 or 50 years of experimenting on men, removing testosterone because they had prostate cancer. They found out that that was a lemon. It's a bad choice of word. Actually, lemon is one of the things that gets the bad estrogen out of your body. Testosterone has not been implicated in the formation of prostate cancer. It's actually inhibiting prostate cancer. So the more testosterone we have, the more it inhibits prostate cancer because prostate cancer is getting signals to grow by what? Bad estrogen. Bad estrogen. Here's a a diagram of the way that some of these hormones interact with each other. My friend Dr. Hitt now passed on, taught me years ago, that if you live long enough, if you make it to 110, that what's going to eventually get you, if you're a man, prostate cancer. What's going to eventually get you if you're a woman, breast cancer. It's age-related hormone problems because of the accumulation of unopposed estrogen in both men and women. Now, if you come down here, and I'll do this on the other side of the room as well, We have DHEA is a very important hormone. We've got testosterone. But if we come down here, some of the breakdown products of these hormones will actually break down into estrone and estradiol. And we found out that in here, these breakdown products of estrone, 16-alpha-hydroxyestrone and 2-hydroxyestrone, these can be broken down and inhibited by cruciferous vegetables specifically. And the actual compound in cruciferous vegetables that's doing it is I3C, indole-3-carbonyl. This is a big product. This is a big deal. Because indole-3-carbonyl stops the, the buildup of bad estrogen in your system. And if you take enough of it, in one month you can flip the equation around. So in women, we get elevated estriol and a, a, a complete knockout of estrones and 16-alpha-hydroxyestrone and 2-hydroxyestrone and estradiol. One particular compound, indole-3-carbonyl. And if you know what DMT tastes like, that's what indole-3-carbonyl tastes like. indole Three carbonyl. It's an indole ring. It's one of the basic compounds that we find in nature that all life is built upon. We'll, we'll revisit that. We'll come back to that. So the Western solution to all this stuff hasn't been to, to introduce, for example, better quality progesterone or better quality testosterone dietarily or in any way, but has always been to just cut, burn, poison, and surgery. Analyze cut again, more burn, more poison. And it's, it's pretty much been this number here. Over the last 55 years, the survival rates of cancer have increased by only 5%. Now, if you watch the videos of Richard Nixon and the war on cancer back in 1971 and all that business and nonsense, you, and you know it's been going on all along, you may realize that this whole thing has been a big scam that we are not getting the information, that, not, that the Western approach to all this has big money behind it and big interests. And fortunately, our founding fathers of this great nation and the great freedom fighters worldwide have held open for us the possibility of getting real treatments, of really approaching this stuff preventatively or if we've already gone far down the road in a way that we can actually solve our problem. And survival, by the way, means going more than five years in remission. 
Now, if in year six, let's say the breast cancer, the prostate cancer comes back and you die, you're still a survivor, according to the statistics. So whatever that means, it's one of those. Isn't this wild? Okay. Cost of cancer over the last few decades has doubled. And the reason is, is because more than ever, see, look at that. More than ever, we're seeing more and more people with cancer. This is why it's doubled. Here it is. It's not because of the drug treatments are driving it up. It's the increase of people with cancer. Here's something that's never talked about, but you should know about. Once somebody's gotten radiation therapy and chemotherapy, then they are radioactive. They then introduce D2O or deuterium oxide right into the sewer system of their town, village, or city. That has never been filtered out. So the more radioactive treatments that go on, the more radiation is then emitted out of the urine of the person who just got the radiation treatment right into the sewage system or water treatment system of the city, town, or village. The environmental impact of chemotherapy is not even talked about ever. No one ever brings it up. But I, I would invite you to start looking into it. It is so shocking and so disgusting and so unbelievably unconscious and unsustainable that it, from that perspective alone, it has to stop. You're welcome. (laughs) The alternatives are amazing. We're going to get there. Watch this. Okay. By the way, you know about Dr. Oz. Diagnosed with a precancerous lesion in his colon. So he's got, basically, he's starting to develop a precancerous polyp. And over the next year, now he has to get these colonoscopies every single year to check it out, make sure it's not developing into cancer. This is America's doctor. Isn't that interesting? I I find it so, it's so, it's representative of the cultural problems that we're dealing with. I really like Dr. Oz. I think he's putting out very, very good information for mainstream America, and he's opening up people to amazing choices that are available to us. Here's the numbers. So these are the people who are going to be diagnosed with, can- with colon cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, lung cancer in 2010. These are some serious numbers. Look at these numbers. One in eight women will get breast cancer. One in six men will get prostate cancer. One in 20 people will get colon cancer. One in 14 people will get lung cancer. This is what I mentioned earlier. One out of every three Americans is going to be dealing with cancer at some point or another. By the way, if a person gets chemotherapy, if they get all the treatments and they die, they don't die of the treatment. Officially, they died of the cancer. The Johnson study years ago proved that you'd live longer if you didn't do anything. You ever heard that? Nothing is better for pain. Just do nothing. Nothing is better for pain. It's an interesting idea. U.S. terrorist deaths in 2009, 25. U.S. food allergy deaths, 100. Terrorist deaths worldwide, every form of terrorism, everything, 58,000. U.S. cancer deaths in 2009, over half a million people. So this whole airport business, what they really need, they need a shaman in there with a smudge. You know, it's like, okay, 
Oh, man. I was talking to a guy at the airport, and it was one of those millimeter scanners. He said, do you want to go through that? I said, absolutely not. And he said, why? It's safe. I said, no, it's not. He said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's what he said. The guy who worked there. <laughs> Look at these numbers. Right? So where's the, what's the real crisis before? Is it some war somewhere over there somewhere? Is it some economic crash going on somewhere? It's every person who dies of one of these conditions is a library burning down. All their experience, all their skills, all their abilities, all their ability to work, all their innovative possibilities, everything that they could develop is lost forever. Right? All their life experience lost forever. So this is where we really need to be focusing, right? Heart disease and cancer. We crack those two things, guess what we have? More innovation, more discoveries, more skills, more first-class work product. Let's keep going. Here's some of the side effects, by the way. Look at these side effects. This is the side effects of chemotherapy. Cataracts, fatigue, neuropathy, menopausal symptoms, chemo brain, like massive brain fog. Heart failure, kidney failure, infertility, liver problems, lung disease, reduced lung capacity, osteoporosis, and then secondary primary cancers. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> Here's what happens when we get radiated. Doesn't Homer Simpson work at a nuclear power plant? I mean, you get the idea. The surgeries, what happens, the chronic pain, the scars. I mean, a lot of us already are dealing with it. Here's some of the cancer drugs. Here's the costs per month. These are thousands of dollars per month. You could go out there. You could go to Erwan Natural Foods over here and drink the most absurd elixir tonics ever. Every day, $50 a day. It'd be cheaper than any cancer treatment. It's cheaper than any hospital. What does a hospital cost you? Anybody been landed in a hospital emergency room? You get the bill. What was the bill? $2,000 for one day. $10,000 for a week. You know how many raw foods you could buy for $10,000? <laughs> how many superfoods, super herbs, supplements? People say, well, I can't get the water. You can get in a car and drive for $10,000. You'd drive all the way to Mount Shasta and get that spring water. So putting those things in context, it's, it's amazing, right? If we put things in the appropriate context, we start realizing well, we're blowing at the end of our life $10,000 here, $20,000 here on these drugs that don't even work. Look at this, $93,000 drug. Look at the side effects of that. Like if I vomited after drinking one of these herbal tonics, I'd probably go, you know what? I don't know if that's for me. But when, I guess once you spent $93,000 on a drug and you're still vomiting, you're like, well, you know, I've spent $93,000. I might as well do it. Now let's talk about how to outsmart cancer. There's no curing, right? The only thing I'm going to be... Actually, I'm not even going to be curing a ham. Nobody's going to be curing anything. We have to now go into code language, don't we, because of all the freedom we have? So we speak in code.
When I got into this and I started researching some of the stuff that's out there, this is a bender. It really is. Again, 17 years as a professional in this industry, I've met every kind of person who's survived every kind of cancer. A lot of them through dietary changes, spiritual changes, emotional changes. A lot of it through the appropriate use of the technology that we have. But a lot of this I never had heard of. Let's talk about ozone and oxygen. Since we're an oxygen-breathing organism, if we saturate ourselves with oxygen and ozone, what happens to organisms that don't breathe oxygen? What happens to a mold dish that's been in your basement, a Petri dish of mold that you take out and you put it directly in the sun? It gets fried, right? It gets fried by the oxygen. It gets fried by the sun. Ozone fries cancer if you can get it to the cancer. If you can get it there, that may or may not be possible depending on the situation. Definitely, the more oxygen we can get into our system, the healthier we're going to be if we breathe right. Do we breathe better, grounded or ungrounded? Good. Notice it. That's one of the things I'd love for you to take out of this weekend. Notice it. Start watching for it. You'll see it. Like you'll be walking barefoot and you'll look at people and they'll be like, they'll be up here in their breath. New York City. It's like, man, those shoes. Uh Uh-oh. Jittery, right? That whole, like, ungrounded. It's like electrically never connected to the earth, so everything's being bounced back. The ozone molecule is O3. It has an extra oxygen on it, so it's able to zap and fry anaerobic substances down. We've heard about ozone in use for purifying air. We've heard about ozone in the upper atmosphere and the ozone hole and the ozone layer. And one of the things that we should be understanding is that since we're going for aerobic metabolism, maybe oxygen therapies could fit into an overall model of how we outsmart cancer. That begins at the very base crude level, simple level, with things like miracle mineral solution hyperbaric oxygen. It includes ozone therapies that they do down in Tijuana and now now doing it all over the U.S. and and Canada, but they don't say they're doing anything like curing anything. We just offer this service. We're not curing anything, right? This would also include the, the hydrogen peroxide therapies and all of those things that we may have heard of. I recommend a book here in this case, and that is Flood Your Body with Oxygen. This is the education that I had in cancer leading up till just this year. Then I went a little bit deeper and found out some other things because I found out over my years that not everybody will survive ozone therapy. They won't survive. Some people with cancer, that cancer for whatever reason, the ozone doesn't get there, won't do it. So I began to look at some alternative models of how to deal with this. I picked up Suzanne Summers' book, Knockout, in... I first saw it over at Mother's Market right over here on, on Jamboree. I was in there. I was waiting for people at the checkout, and they, they were, I'd already got my stuff. And I was looking in there, and I opened it up, and it was Dr. Jonathan Wright talking about hormones and cancer. I thought, whoa, this is a good book. Finally, I picked it up when I was in Nelson, British Columbia at a little bookstore. Read that whole book. What a book. What a book. I mean, who knew? Suzanne Summers in Three's Company. And what does she do? She interviews some of the greatest cancer-fighting doctors in the world and what they're doing in their innovative therapies. And that was a mind-bender right there. 
The whole piece on hormones is in there and indole-3-carbinol and how it shuts down bad estrogen in just a month's time. So it brings back your estriol, brings the estradiol and estrone down. There was Dr. Brzezinski's stuff. Let's see if we got Dr. Brzezinski. Oh, no, there's a whole thing on Nick Gonzalez and Dr. Kelly with enzymes. Molecularly, by the way, that's what an enzyme looks like. It's all coiled up like that. That's how it acts. When an enzyme acts, it uncoils, right? It's wound up with a bunch of energy, just like a spring. And as it acts, it uncoils. That's how enzymatic activity occurs. Pancreatic enzymes, in Dr. Kelly's work originally back in the 80s, and Dr. Nick Gonzalez, he's taken that work on, 150 to 300 capsules of pancreatic enzymes per day. Just in case you're, you're saying, I, I take enzymes, I'm not getting cancer. 150 to 300 capsules? Now they have long-term pancreatic cancer survivors in their list of people that you can ask for as references for their therapy. Another thing that they do, Gonzalez and, and Kelly originally, is they metabolic type people and they get them on their proper diet. That's a big part of their therapy and raw food is a big part of their therapy as well. Anyway, pancreatic enzymes are something different than we have heard about in kind of the raw food field or maybe the health food world field. We've all heard about amylase, which breaks down starch, lipase, which breaks down fat, protease and different types that all break down different types of protein, which are all wonderful. We've heard about bromelain and papain, but animal-derived pancreatic enzymes that contain pancreatin, trypsin, and chymotrypsin, we never heard about that. That's not really something that's been allowed to come in. But if you're in trouble, I'd really recommend you start researching that and let that come in. Let's talk about trypsin and chymotrypsin for a second. Trypsin is spelled T-R-Y-P-S-I-N. T-R-Y-P-S-I-N. Trypsin and chymotrypsin, C-H-Y-M-O, and then trypsin. Chymotrypsin and trypsin are master enzymes. They break down everything. Anybody ever heard the theory that later in life when things start breaking down, when the cancers develop, for example, or the immune system breaks down or the heart disease shows up, that we've bankrupted our enzyme bank account? How many people have heard that theory before? So I've been dealing with enzymes for 17 years studying this subject matter. Here's what appears to be the case. What you're really bankrupting is your own production of trypsin and chymotrypsin. Those two enzymes break down everything and anything. They'll break down anything. They'll break down fats. They'll break down protein. They'll break down starches. They'll break down fibers. They'll break down undigestible materials. For example, uh, um, chitin or chitin. They can break down everything. Here's how you can prove that to yourself. And here's how you can prove where your enzyme bank account is just on your own backyard experiment. You can chew up grass. Now make sure the neighbors aren't looking. <laughs> chew up grass and just chew up a bunch. It could be lawn grass, not chem lawn, obviously. Or wheat grass, that's fine. And just chew it up for about 10 minutes. And you'll notice that there's still a lot of fiber there, isn't there? Anybody ever done that? There's people in the room who do these kind of things. 
And what happens is you'll see like, okay, this is, it's not working, you know, it's not breaking down, right? We don't digest fiber or do we? Don't, we don't digest that real strong cellulose grass fiber or do we? Watch this. Do that for 10 minutes. Then take a handful of nut or seeds. Any nuts you like? Walnut, almond, cashews. I love cashews. I live on cashews. I, I, I read books in Amazonian shamanism. And because that's where cashews are from. They're from the Amazon. And the only thing that was ever said about cashews amongst Amazonian shamans and historical peoples who lived in the Amazon who ate cashews since the beginning of time is that it's the best medicine ever. And so at some point, I just snapped out of that whole cashew business. Now, cashews can be dirty just like every other nut. Once they get out of the shell, they can be dirty. They can be mistreated. But the cashew itself, I have to say, is one. It, for me, it's calorically the number one food in my diet, interestingly. Coming back here is, let's say you have that wad of grass in your mouth. You suddenly put some nuts and seeds in your mouth. You will notice that within two minutes, the whole thing dissolves. All of it. The fibers, everything dissolves. If it doesn't dissolve, that means your chymotrypsin and trypsin are starting to get low. If it does dissolve, it means you're in good shape. Because the trypsin and chymotrypsin will show up in your saliva. It'll come up into your saliva. Now, what the German doctors that I met with 10 years ago on this subject, what they recommended is that you should, in your diet, have some raw nuts and seeds, unsprouted, unsoaked, just a small amount, on an empty stomach, preferably, preferably in the morning, so that you can develop a little bit of an, of an action of chymotrypsin and trypsin being secreted to digest the nuts and seeds, and then going beyond that, they get absorbed into your blood so that the trypsin and chymotrypsin can eat up the unhealthy cells, the damaged cells, the diseased cells, the cells that are cancerous. That's something you can do at home. Let's say you're far along and you go, dude, can I buy this stuff? The answer is yes, you can. You can buy pancreatic enzymes. It's animal derived, but if your life's on the line, I believe in what Dr. Gabriel Cousins taught me years ago, is that if a human's out of balance, that's way more dangerous than the death of a fish. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.